we are going through the book of Genesis together, and um, we are this week in Genesis chapter 39. Uh, so at New City, we'll do Old Testament, New Testament, sort of flip-flop back and forth. And uh, Genesis, being such a long book, we've taken in sections. We're on the last section of Genesis now, uh, verse, uh, chapters 37 through 50. So last week, um, we were in chapter 38, looked at chapter 38. It was a slight detour from the life of Joseph, and we were actually talking about one of Joseph's uh, brothers, Judah, Uh, And so now we come back in chapter 39 to Joseph. Joseph, one of Jacob's younger sons, um, he was his dad's favorite. Uh, You may remember uh, as a kid, uh, Joseph's coat of many colors. Uh, That was a gift from his father, something that his father gave to him, um, showing his love for for Joseph. Uh, Joseph's brothers were very jealous and didn't like Joseph. In fact, they despised him. Uh, And so at the end of chapter 37, when we were talking about Joseph's life, uh, we left off with him being sold into slavery by his brothers. So that's where we pick up after being sold into uh, slavery with Joseph's life. And there's a lot that we'll see in this chapter today, but I I really hope that all of us see Joseph's heart for God this morning. Joseph had a true heart for God. So let's get started. Chapter 39, um, we'll read the first six verses, and then we will skip down and read uh, verses 20 through 23. And I think if you pay attention to those, you'll, you'll see why we are putting them together. But we'll start with this, Joseph's faithfulness and God's blessing. Joseph's faithfulness and God's blessing. Chapter 39, verse 1. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had brought him from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him, that the Lord um, caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him, and he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessings of the Lord... Um, was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now skip down to verse 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was uh, there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. All right. Uh, Stopping there, I I hope you see the similarity of those two sections and why I put them together to cover them. Uh, We start off with Potiphar. Potiphar is the captain of the Egyptian guard. He's a man of means and, and power and position, and he buys Joseph as a slave. Uh, in that second section, 
Joseph is thrown into uh, prison, and we'll talk more about that in just a few minutes. But just think about those two huge events in the life of of Joseph, right? He went from um, living with his father and his brothers. He was a favorite or the favorite son, um, favored by his father. He received benefits and gifts um, because his father favored him that that his other brothers did not. Um, Like he received uh, the, the coat of many colors that I mentioned that his brothers didn't. Sometimes his brothers were sent out to work um, and to shepherd the flocks, Joseph would get to stay home with his father uh, and not have to work, even though he was able to work and he was young, uh, an older teenager at the time. So he's gone from this favored position where he is, is spoiled by his father who loved him dearly, and now, like in, in a moment's notice, he is sold into slavery. And then as things got better in in his slavery, if we can say that, right? I mean, he was a slave. And so he went from his father's love and and favoritism to being a slave, and then he gets thrown into prison. And yet, despite those terrible circumstances, we we don't see in our story Joseph as um, a, a, a punk, spoiled brat kid And neither do we see him as a bitter and angry man. Instead, what we see in these verses of Joseph is that Joseph is faithful. Like it just comes through um, loud and clear, Joseph is faithful. Um, It's likely that because Joseph was was young and he was able-bodied, he probably started off being a slave working in the fields of Potiphar. Potiphar would have started him working in the fields. Potiphar would have watched him work, right? I mean, that's, that's where he started. Potiphar would observe him working in the fields. He saw the fruit um, of, of Joseph's hands and the work that he did. He saw that Joseph could be trusted in the work that was given to him. Uh, he saw that Joseph was a hard worker. Uh, he saw that Joseph got along well with others, ultimately that he would, would lead others as well. So he moved Joseph. Um, because Joseph was faithful and could be trusted and was a hard worker, he moved Joseph to his home. Verse 4 says that Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight, and Joseph attended to Potiphar. And was put in charge of everything in his house and all that was his. Now, Potiphar would not just bring him in and immediately give him charge over everything in his house. Um, He would give him a role, right? Even as he brought him into the house, he would give him a role. Watch how he did in that role, whether he was faithful and trustworthy or not. Give him a new role based on his faithfulness and being trustworthy. Continue to watch them, uh, uh, watch that and, and, and how he labored then. And then he would move up. And what, what Potiphar would see in Joseph is that he did indeed continue to be faithful. He was trustworthy. He led others well. When it, when it came to the people around him, the, the people around him worked with him and he worked with them. They listened and, and he was able to lead them. What Potiphar was doing was making sure that Joseph could be trusted in the little things before he gave Joseph the big things couple of reasons that I am pointing this out. One is that we often just want to be trusted in the big things, and that's just not the way that it works. 
Right? He would have been trusted in the little things, and as he proved himself faithful and true, then he would have been given more um, that would have been entrusted to him. And the other thing that I want us to see, I'll talk more about it in a minute, is that this didn't happen overnight. All of this took, took time. So Joseph is ultimately put over Potiphar's house, and then he is thrown in jail. Again, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but being thrown in jail didn't change Joseph's faithfulness. It didn't change his faithfulness because Joseph's faithfulness ultimately wasn't based on his circumstances. Do you hear that? His faithfulness ultimately was not based in his circumstances. So he is thrown into prison. The keeper of the prison ends up putting him in charge of everything. But almost certainly this wasn't a day one thing. It happened just like it did with Potiphar. Uh, when he was in jail, he was observed by the jailer. He was seen to be an honorable and respectable prisoner. Um, prisoners were given duties in the jail. And so he would have observed uh, Joseph performing his, his, his duties um, faithfully and working hard to do the things that he was supposed to do. He also ultimately would have seen as Joseph worked, Joseph worked well with others, and others worked well with Joseph. And that Joseph had a knack for not just doing things well, but ultimately leading people well. He saw that, that, that Joseph was faithful and trustworthy. So like in Potiphar's house, um, the jailer trusted Joseph first with little and then with more and more and more and more until Joseph was ultimately given charge over all the prisoners. Now, Joseph did such a great job and he was so trustworthy that we read in verse 23 that the jailer paid no attention to, to the jail and what was going on as long as it was entrusted to Joseph. He trusted Joseph with everything that happened in the jail. In fact, what it says is everything that happened in there happened because Joseph was leading it. Now, I think... That what Potiphar and the jailer see in Joseph is what the Apostle Paul wrote that believers should do when he wrote to the Colossians in chapter 3, verse 23. He says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So what I'm saying is that I think that what we see in Joseph is that he worked as though he were working for the Lord. And so it was easy for him to be faithful in his job because ultimately, while he did, while he did honor his bosses, ultimately he was working for the Lord. He was working heartily as if he were working for God himself, for his father. And so he worked. He worked faithfully. He, he was honorable and he was trustworthy. The next thing that we see is that the Lord gave Joseph favor, right? So, so Joseph is faithful, and then we see that the Lord is giving Joseph favor. Look again at verse 1. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw, his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. Going down to verse 21. 
He's thrown in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the Lord gave him favor. The Lord gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. What Joseph was enjoying was the blessings of God. He was enjoying the blessing of God. And, and this, is, this is really huge, right? I, the, the writer is making it clear to us that what was happening was not, a, was not just the, the fruit of, of Joseph's hard work. And, and, and what the writer is doing is, is helping us see that this isn't necessarily some sort of formula where if, if you uh, follow the law, if you are faithful, then God will automatically bless you. That's not what God is doing here. That's not what the writer is doing here. What the writer is saying is, hey, yes, Joseph was faithful without a doubt, but it was God who was blessing him. It was so evident that it was the, the hand of God and not just the hard work of Joseph that even the jailer himself saw it and said, the Lord is truly with him. Even Potiphar said, this is the work of God. These were men who worshipped false gods and did not know Joseph's God. And, and, and yet it is so unmistakable that they know without a doubt that God is at work in Joseph's life and it is God who is blessing Joseph. Now I am sure as well that Joseph's faithfulness was not just faithful in doing work as unto the Lord, but I just well imagine that every opportunity that Joseph had to talk about the God that he followed and the God that he loved, Joseph did. Joseph talked about his God with the jailer. Joseph talked about um, his God with Potiphar. So Joseph's hard work mattered, right? Our hard work, working as unto the Lord, matters. But, but again, the writer is making sure that the readers see clearly and that we see clearly this morning that, that what was happening wasn't, wasn't, wasn't just his hard work. It was far more than that. This was the supernatural hand of God on Joseph's life. It was God bringing about Joseph's success. Y'all hear me on this. We live in the South, and for whatever reason through the years, we have come to this place to believe if we do A, B, and C, then God is going to bless us. If we just do the right things, if we don't do the wrong things, then blessing will be ours. I pointed this out in the first service. Go and read Hebrews 11 that talks about all of the faithful people. Y'all, some of them were, were torn in two, cut in half. There is no formula that, that says, if you are faithful, God will bless your socks off. You, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. There is an inheritance that is promised to you. But the blessing may not be the riches of this world and the popularity of the people around you. That's not the blessing that is promised to you. What, what we see is something incredible happening. So incredible was the hand of God in Joseph's life that all of the people around him saw God is at work in this man's life. 
It was God who was bringing about the success. It was God who was bringing about the results. All that was happening in Joseph's life at this part, God was bringing about, and all of it was a part of God's great plan. Not just for Joseph, but for the world. That's incredible. So, so we see in these verses a glimpse of Joseph's life. Joseph sold as a slave, forced to work for Potiphar. Um, it, it, I think it's amazing here. Um, we don't see the spoiled brat here that was described in verse 37, where he was the father's favorite, where he was uh, potentially making up stories to get his brothers in trouble. Instead, what we see is a hardworking, faithful Joseph who, who is trusted, so trusted that Potiphar and the jailer put everything in Joseph's hands. He is faithful. He is hardworking. He is working as unto the Lord, no matter what his circumstances are. Even in the worst of circumstances, he is working unto the Lord. What we are seeing is Joseph becoming a leader. Joseph is becoming a leader. God is using these circumstances to shape Joseph. None of this is by accident. None of it is by accident or, or, or simply because of Joseph's good and hard work. This is God pouring out his blessing on Joseph. This is God working all things together for good for Joseph, who we will, we will see in just a moment, loves him. Now, there's one more thing that I want to point out in this. I've, I've sort of alluded to it, um, but maybe we haven't, haven't thought about it. Joseph's faithfulness and God's blessings are long-sided. They're long-sided. We like the immediate, right? We like the immediate gratification. We do. In fact, we read a passage like this, and it's a short story, so there's reason for us to just read it quickly and not think about it. Um, So we read it as if all of these things happened immediately. It feels that right way, right? Joseph is sold into slavery uh, in 37. We pick up in 38, and automatically this guy is, 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 is leading in his master's home. And, and then even when he gets thrown into prison, the Lord blesses him, and immediately it feels like he, he, is, he is leading in the, in the prison. But that's not really what happened. Years went by. Years went by for Joseph. Years went by where Joseph served as a slave. And and don't, don't gloss over what slavery is or even was then. He was a slave. And, and, and he had a master, and, and it, took, it took years for him to go from being sold into slavery and working in the fields, working his way up there and working his way to the house. And then it took years when he was in the house, most likely before he became a ruler with, with Potiphar over Potiphar's house. For years he was a slave. And then we see him thrown into prison, and, and, and the same is true there. He doesn't just go into prison, and the, the, prisoner, the, the, the prison guards say, Hey, man, you, you look like a leader. How about if I just give everything to you? 
It took years in prison and the same thing for him being faithful and true through years of of just being a prisoner. And and, and you know what else? The truth is that even after all of those years and and when when, when, when finally he was put in charge of all of the prisoners and we read that whatever happened in the prison happened because he did it, he was still a what? A prisoner. He was still... A prisoner. Those things don't just happen. God God shapes us for the things that he calls us to. And that's what God was doing here. God shapes us for the things that he calls us to. And that shaping takes place in our everyday lives. And oftentimes, oftentimes that that shaping takes years and years and years and years. And sometimes it's years and years and years of suffering and hard times. Joseph had to be shaped. Joseph had to learn. Joseph had to to learn what it meant to lead others. He had to learn people skills, right? Like, Like the ones that were obviously absent from him when he was at home with his brothers and his fathers. He had to learn when to keep his mouth shut like he probably should have done about the dreams that he had. He, he had to learn management skills. He had to learn how to manage resources, and, and he had to learn how to manage people. He had to learn how to accomplish tasks and how to accomplish all of the tasks that needed to be done for, for, for a whole prison or, or for Potiphar's entire property and household. And he had to learn to do that through other people. See, it was no accident, it was no accident, it was no accident that, that, that Joseph ended up sold into slavery. It was, it was no mistake that he ended up being sent to prison. These were the events and the places that God would use to make Joseph the person that he wanted him to be. And doing that would take time. Now, I don't want to park here for much longer, but what if we viewed our lives that same way? What if, what if we viewed our lives in, in that same way? What if we saw the terrible circumstances in our lives? For Joseph, it was slavery and imprisonment. What if we saw those, those terrible circumstances as God's way of, of, of shaping us in our life to be the people that we are meant to be? What if, what, if, what if these circumstances over time were exactly what we needed? What if we viewed our circumstances that way, even when life wasn't easy and, and even when life was filled with pain? What, what, if, what if we still looked at it as, as God working in our lives to shape us to be the people that he wants us to be? What if, what if even in the good days we saw it as the hand of God? Because sometimes we see the hand of God in our bad days and we completely forget in our best days. What if we saw the best days of our lives, not as days that we have earned because we have been smart or we've worked hard or we, we got the degree that we were pursuing or, or we do great in our job, but, but what if we saw even the best days of our lives every day as the blessing of God, as a gift of God? 
as, as even in those things, God working in us and through us for something bigger than just that success. Because that's what we see in Joseph's life. So let's keep going. We've seen Joseph's faithfulness and God's blessings there. Now let's look at Joseph's faith because I think so much of what we see this morning and really for the rest of this book comes in Joseph's faith. Um, Look with me starting in the second half of verse 6. We'll see how Joseph ended up in jail. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance and after a time his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her, or to be with her. But one day when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house were in the house, she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand, and uh, in his garment in her hand and fled out of the house. As soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled out of the house, she called the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of my house. Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home, and she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me, his anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. Man, so again, Joseph's life goes from from bad, really great with his dad, bad with his brothers, good with Potiphar, and now terrible with Potiphar. Potiphar's wife is attracted to Joseph, and she tries to have him. Her her attempts um, go on for some time. We don't know how long, but this was an ongoing thing. Again and again, Joseph refused. One day, when, when everyone is out of the house, Joseph comes into the house to do his work. Potiphar is gone. All of the men who work in the house normally are gone. So she grabs his cloak and says, lie with me. Aware of the situation, Joseph is, is set on getting out. And so he flees, and as he runs away, he leaves his cloak in her hands. She sets out then uh, to punish Joseph. She cries out to everyone in the house that Joseph uh, has tried to lie with her and, and, and that her screams are what sent him running. She tells her husband the same thing. In his anger, believing his wife, Joseph is thrown into prison. Now the part in these verses that stands out the most to me is his response in verses 8 and 9. And here we see Joseph's great faith. 
Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in his house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now, two things that I see here. First, I see that Joseph had a great deal of respect and honor for his master, Potiphar. It's like Joseph is saying as he's talking to Potiphar's wife, your husband has been, has been so good to me and he has entrusted everything to me. And the only thing that he keeps from me is you. How can I do this to Potiphar? How can I do this to my master? Y'all think about that. He is a slave. He is owned by another man. And yet he is saying, right? I mean, I mean, here's someone who has been purchased and forced to work. And he is saying, how can I do this thing to my master? That's incredible to me. How could I do this to him? The second one is even more powerful. How can I do this wickedness and sin against God, he says. How can I sin against God? How can I do this thing and sin against my God? And that's what this would be. This would be a sin against God. Now, I, I, I have heard, I hear um, more than once. We're, we're consenting adults and this isn't hurting anyone else. No, no, this is a sin against God. It, I don't... I don't care if it doesn't it doesn't matter if you are two consenting adults and this doesn't hurt or harm or or cause any problem to anyone else this is a wickedness against God himself any sin that we commit right no matter how small or how large it's it's not just that we are sinning against a, a, a brother or a sister or another person it is that our sin is ultimately a wickedness against God it is a sin against God himself and what Joseph is saying is how could i do this thing to God how could i do this wickedness and sin against God one of the things as I was reading this and thinking about those two things, right? How he viewed his master, Potiphar, and what he says about how can I sin against God. It reminded me, made me think about the time that Jesus was um, being challenged. He was being challenged by one of the lawyers and they were hoping to entrap Jesus. Like Jesus would say something wrong and they could say, see, this is why you shouldn't follow Jesus. And the lawyer said, teacher, which is the greatest command? Which is the greatest command that there is? And Jesus answered in great wisdom. And he said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all that you have, with all that you are. Love God more than you love anything else. And then he said, but there is another. You should what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, on these two commands hang all of the law and the prophets. And what he meant by that is every law that is made flows out of those two commands. Here is what it looks like when you love God, and here is what it looks like when you love your neighbor as yourself. Joseph was showing us that. Jo Joseph was showing us what it means to, to love your neighbor as yourself and what it means to, to, to love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your, your strength. 
If I love my master, then I will not take his wife. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not that Joseph was simply following a law that said you shouldn't do this thing. The same is true with with loving God. If I love God with all that I am and all that I have, then I would be like Joseph and say, how could I do this wickedness and sin against my great God whom I love? And so it isn't that we are, we are keeping a law because we are afraid that God is going to be angry with us. The law that we're keeping is the law of love. Here's what it looks like to love my neighbor as myself. Here's what it looks like to love my God. Joseph was acting in love. And ultimately, the love that he showed for his neighbor, for Potiphar, was deeply rooted in the love that he had for God. This is the faith of Joseph. Joseph loved God. He believed who his God was. He trusted God. I I, I think we see that playing out in Joseph's story, that he trusted God, that he trusted in the promises of God, the promises that were made to his father and to his grandfather. Joseph loved God. Now, let's put all of this together. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He ends up a slave of one of Pharaoh's um, captains, captain of one of his guards. Um, Joseph likely starts working as a slave in the fields. He's faithful there as a slave. He works hard. He becomes a, a, a leader in the fields. People follow him. He's faithful to Potiphar. His work is blessed by God. Um, Potiphar moves him to his home. Joseph continues to be faithful and to work hard, and the Lord continues to pour his blessings out on him. Potiphar puts him in charge of everything. But then Potiphar's wife comes on to Joseph. She lies about Joseph, uh, tells her household a lie, tells her husband a lie, and Joseph is thrown into prison. Again, we find Joseph in prison in, in, in terrible circumstances once again. We find Joseph being faithful, faithful in his duties, faithful in his life. He is working hard. He is honorable. He is respectful uh, and respectable. And eventually he is put in charge of all of the prisoners in the prison. In both of those places and in all of these roles that we see for Joseph, the hand of God is clearly on him so much so that his master and the jailer see it they see God's hand and they see um, that Joseph is being blessed by his God Joseph becomes a man and this is what we should see happening in Joseph Joseph becomes a man who, who is not only faithful but he is a man who is faith filled he is filled with faith and his God he trusts in the promises of God. And I think that's why he can be so faithful even in such terrible circumstances. I want to say that again, right? Because oftentimes we are controlled by our circumstances and that is when our faith wanes the most, when our circumstances are bad. What is absolutely amazing about this is that no matter how horrible the circumstances became for Joseph, Joseph remained faithful. And he remained faithful because he believed and trusted in the promises of God. He loves God. He loves God and cannot imagine sinning against God. So that's our, that's our story. That's, that's what we see happening to Joseph. Now, I want to ask this question. Why this story? 
Why do we have this story in the Bible? Why, why do we have this story being written by Moses and given to God's people? Now, remember, um, God's people were coming out of their own slavery, and, and they were headed to the promised land, most likely, when this was written and delivered to them. Why did God's people need this at that time? In Joseph's story of slavery, I think they would have seen their own slavery. They would have seen their own slavery. For 400 years, they were slaves in Egypt. Egypt held Joseph as a slave, and Egypt held them as slaves. But not just would they identify with the slavery side of it. More than that, they would see how God, how God used Joseph's slavery and even his imprisonment to make Joseph the person that God wanted him to be. You know, they would see that in the story. Aha, God was at work and he was, he was using even these bad circumstances to make Joseph to be the man that he needed to be in order to save his people. They would see themselves here as well. God would use the horrors of their own slavery and mistreatment to make for himself a people, a nation, his people. Some estimate that, that when, when um, the Pharaoh finally let God's people go as Moses was leading them out of their slavery and bondage in Egypt, some estimate the number of God's people being at somewhere between 2.4 and 3 million. 3 million people are leaving the bondage and slavery of Egypt. And it started with Joseph. With Joseph and his family. God had not left Joseph in his slavery, and God had not left them in their slavery. And just as, as God was working in Joseph's slavery to shape him to be who he needed to be, God was working in the slavery of the Hebrew people, growing them into a nation, a nation that would start with 2.4 to 3 million people as they left slavery. They would need to remember that. As they wandered in the wilderness, they, they, they would need to wonder or, or remember um, as sin would lead them to wonder for some 40 years, 40 years, they essentially walked in circles in the wilderness because of the sin of some. It would be easy during that time for them to come to a place just like it would have been for Joseph as he was in the pit, as he was sold into slavery, as he was put in the fields to work, as he was lied about and sent to prison, as he was, as he was put in prison with with all sorts of people it would be really easy for Joseph to say God why have you left me and forsaken me God why am I here in this place it would be easy for them as they were in the wilderness to say my God why have you forsaken us why did you bring in fact they did say it why did you bring us out of Egypt at least there we had food to eat, right, and, and water to drink. Why have you brought us out to the wilderness to die? Why have you abandoned us and left us here? But if they would read this story and, and, and pay attention, they would, they would remember the faithfulness of God to his promises. 
They would remember the, the, the faithfulness of God, not just to, to Joseph, but to Joseph's father and to Joseph's grandfather. All of those years in slavery and, and those years in prison, God was still faithful to his promises because God is faithful and true. God had not forsaken Joseph. God had not abandoned Joseph. And just as they wandered in the wilderness, God had not forsaken them or abandoned them either. He was with them. They would need to remember those promises of God and know that those, those promises were not just promises to Joseph, but generations of promises passed on from one generation to the next. They would need to remember Abraham's promise, the promise that he received from God, where God told Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. That means there's going to need to be a lot of you, a lot of your people. I'm going to make you a nation. I'm going to give you a land. And through you, you will be a blessing to all the peoples of the earth. They would need to remember that promise. And they would need to see it unfolding through the life of, of, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And now that promise being fulfilled through Joseph. They would need to remember their history and know who they were so that they could see who their great God was. How incredible and faithful that he always was. How there was not one promise that he ever made that he didn't keep. That God is faithful and true. No matter what our circumstances might tell us, he is faithful and true. I think, I think ultimately this was a call for, for Israel as they, as they wandered in the wilderness, as they prepared to go into the promised land, that, that they would be reminded of God's faithfulness, that they would be called through this to, to faith themselves, to believe him and to be faithful to him, a call to trust, to trust in the God who, who is trustworthy, to trust in the God who is faithful and true. And y'all, this is why we have this story. This is why we read this story as well, so that we will remember all of those things, so that we too will be reminded that God is faithful and true and that every promise He ever makes, He keeps. It is a call for us to, to that faith, the faith that we see in Joseph, the, to, to, to that faith and that faithfulness, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how bad it gets, it is a call to the same faith that Joseph was called to when he was lied about, when his brothers sold him, when he was a slave, when he was imprisoned. To believe that even, even in this, right, even in this darkness, even in these circumstances, the, the slavery, the, the lies about Joseph, his imprisonment, the wandering of three million people in the, in the wilderness, even, even in this, whatever it is that your circumstances are that seem so dark, to remember that God is with you, for me to remember that God is with me. That God is, is always at work, and He is always faithful, and He is always true, and He is working all things together for good for me, just like He was Joseph, because I love Him, and He loves me. One day, Joseph's story would point Israel and should point us to Jesus, the greater Joseph the suffering Savior, the boy who would grow up and through much suffering like Joseph suffered in order to save a people 
This boy, Jesus, who would, who would grow up and through much suffering save a people for God. Jesus would leave his place of glory to become like his people, to become like us, to take on the, the flesh of humanity, to become like a slave. He would suffer and die. Suffer and die the death that we deserve because of sin. And, and it was only through that suffering, right? Only through that suffering could Joseph, as we'll see unfold in this story, only through the suffering that he was in right then could Joseph be put in a place to save a, a, a people and, and bring God's people to be. Only through the life, death, Life and death of Jesus with the suffering that he endured. Only through that suffering could he rise victorious over sin and death and Satan. Only then could he make for himself a people. Unbeliever and believer alike this morning. This is our amazing God. He is faithful and he is true. And this is our Savior. Believe. Believe this morning. We are His people called to live lives of faith and faithfulness, just like Joseph. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for our suffering servant, our Savior. Thank you for the reminder this morning that you are faithful and true. And that no matter what the circumstances were, you, you never left Jesus. You were with him right up until the moment on the cross when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For a moment he was forsaken. Forsaken so that, that we will never be forsaken. With Joseph, even, even in his suffering you were there working to fulfill every promise holy spirit i pray that you would remind us remind us of these truths remind us of how faithful that our our father is remind us holy spirit that you are the evidence that that our god will never leave us and he will never forsake us with us until the day of our final redemption God, thank you that you are faithful and true even when we are not. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.